Hi, I'm Vincent Andrasani, and this is episode two of The Place of Sound. First, a quick thanks to those of you who tuned into the inaugural episode of the show. The feedback has been fantastic, and both myself and the students appreciate it to no end. For those who missed it, the episode featured audio productions by Yaching Za, Marissa Edwards, and Caitlin Merskog. If you're interested in having a listen, it's available in the archives, both on ckcufm.com and on theplaceofsound.ca. This episode features another great collection of audio productions. But before listening to them, it's worth saying just a quick word or two on the show, what it is, and what we're aiming to do. The Place of Sound is a radio show and podcast that broadly explores the meaning of space, the meaning of the physical geography, and it does it using sound and listening. We do this in a number of ways and through a variety of audio media genres. The show features oral history style interviews or audio portraits as we call them, most of which are on the topic of home. Home means family, um, but it's also comfort. Yeah, I think uh, in most cases, someone talks about home. I believe they say home in a more of a singular sense. But for me, it's a plural. I have two homes, Mumbai and Dubai. It's more a place that you can just be completely yourself, completely free to do whatever you want to do with absolutely no form of judgment. We feature soundscape compositions in which the composer explores a meaningful space to them through sound and listening. That's how I used to see it, until I realized that there are actually a lot of sounds going on during those first hours of the day. Sounds that I happen to be generating. This is where I spent most of my time growing up. Hello, bye. The glow of the sunset creates a beautiful picture in front of me. I breathe deeply to smell the scent in the air and ask myself whether I enjoy this unique day. And we also feature short podcast-style productions that take on a number of different forms, from interviews to group discussions to monologues to soundscape recordings and so on. These audio productions often gravitate around the idea of isolation and immobility, that is, being stuck in place which is a common experience for most of us over the last year or so. Hello, and welcome to a conversation about quarantine and isolation, something we all have in common. But to make it more fun, let's add movies to the mix. In particular, movies that help us feel less alone during quarantine, movies that provide us with a weird catharsis during these troubled times, and how our isolation has impacted our relationship to movies. Or maybe as it turns out, the other way around. So let's get started. All the international flights to Beijing were being redirected to one of the other cities as what they called the first point of entry. Travelers were subjected to a 14-day mandatory quarantine in that city. They also needed to test twice negative for the virus so they can proceed to Beijing after the mandatory isolation. My flight was redirected to Xi'an, one of those first point of entry cities. 
all the content on the show is produced by students in the Communication and Media Studies program here at Carleton University. In particular, this work is produced in my Digital Media Production Workshop, which is a fourth year hands-on course that brings together communication theory and media production. Okay, enough talking. Let's listen to some projects. On this episode, we'll listen to an audio portrait by Alan Santiago titled Zoe's Home. We'll listen to a soundscape composition by Xiaotao Zhang titled Good Morning Madia. And lastly, we'll listen to a thoughtful monologue style podcast by Kayla Merino titled Stuck Somewhere. Alan and Xiaotao will introduce their projects themselves. But I'll quickly jump back in to introduce Kayla's project before we listen to it. Alan, the floor is yours. Alan Santiago, I am a Mexican student in my fourth year of communication and media studies. In this audio, I interview a close friend of mine who will tell us a little bit about themselves and what they think about the word home. My aim in this project was to portray her essence as a person and how parents are part of the LGBTQ community shapes her meaning of home. Um, I think home to me means a place where you can be comfortable and where you can be yourself and you can be accepted for who you are. Um, Generally, I think of somewhere that's sort of a a personal space, so not within like the public eye, uh, where you can relax. Uh, For me, home, I've always had pets growing up, so it's kind of a space where I know I can have my animals and without animals, for me, it's it's not the same. Um, I think... It's definitely something to adjust to, something you need to get used to because you're not used to sharing such like small spaces with your partner. Um, I mean, you see them pretty much all the time, so you get into probably more fights, more arguments. Um, but now, like after a while, you kind of you figure out your groove. And now I think like it wouldn't be the same uh, without. Uh, living with a partner, especially in the terms of right now with COVID, I think home without someone in it would be very lonely. Being alone all the time, very, very difficult. I think nothing is the same as before. Now home for me is, as much as it's still a space that's personal, a space that's um, yours and where you can be yourself, now I work from home. So I also have the element of Oh, that's not just my desk for, you know, doing homework. It's also my desk where I sit at for eight hours a day. And, you know, it's kind of now I'm seeing the two worlds kind of collide and it's something you have to deal with. Um, Now growing up more and more and I recently had a bit of an existential crisis where I realized I will be turning 30 in eight years. Um, The meaning of home now is not just... um, where like your family is or where you feel comfortable it's also where other people are going to feel comfortable as well like i want my space to be a reflection of who i am and who my partner is but you know we're both young adults uh growing up with 
uh, our friends. We're all trying to figure things out together. And I think I also want my space to feel like their space. And if they need to be here for whether it's a day or they need to stay here longer to figure stuff out or just to be away from where they are, I think I also... I'm realizing that my space also needs to be comfortable in that sense to them as well. A last thought would just be, uh, like, no matter who you are, and I think especially um, for the the LGBTQ plus community, I think a lot of people struggle with the idea of what home is because not everyone is welcome in their home because they're not accepted for who they are. I think that it definitely gets better, and once you're out of wherever you are, you can make home whatever you want. So it can be whatever you look like. Hello, everyone. My name is Zhong Xiaotao. The soundscape composition you're about to hear is called Good Morning, Ma Dian. It was a piece developed in Ma Dian Park in Beijing. I was hoping to capture some unique sounds in the morning. I saw a lot of people doing exercises there, and they're enjoying this beautiful morning. I hope you can enjoy it and get up early to do exercise. It's 7 a.m. in the morning in Beijing. The city is starting to wake up. If you ever live in Beijing, you should know that people who live in this city always experience that fast-paced lifestyle. And this type of high rhythm starts early in every morning. I'm on my way to Ma Dian Park. To go for a morning walk, I used to do this every week, but since I have a tight schedule now and I often stay up late, so I spend most of the mornings catching up on sleeps. Madian Park is five-minute walk away from my home. I love coming here for a walk because it's a place that allows me to escape from the business of the city, a place for me to relax and recharge. I missed listening to birds warbling, the sound of sprinklers watering bushes and flowers, and the groundskeeper sweeping the road, because these are unique sounds in the morning. The song coming from the center square of the park breaks the peacefulness. People are dancing with music played out loud. It is often called square dancing in China, and it has become very popular in recent years. Most of them are seniors, and they dance for exercises. The cracking noise from the loudspeaker, especially when they max out the volume, can sometimes be annoying. Many people are in the park doing morning exercises, just like me, especially middle-aged and senior people. Some of them are like me, going for a walk. Some of them are jumping ropes. Some of them are playing ping pong. Badminton. And basketball as well. 
contrast to workers rushing to work in the morning, people here in the park are relaxing and enjoying the beautiful morning. Tianzi is another popular sport here. It is a traditional Chinese sport. The players are aimed to keep the heavily weighted shuttlecock in the air by kicking it or using different parts of their body besides their hands. This jarring and high frequency sound is coming from Diablo which is the traditional Chinese juggling we often refer to sky bamboo. The player uses hand stakes which attach to the string to spun the object that looks like an hourglass. I used to play it in elementary as well, but I wasn't really good at it. There is a famous Chinese saying says that early morning is the golden time of the day. Doing exercises in the morning not only lower the risk of health conditions, also help improve mental clarity and boost up the energy for the rest of the day. I wish I could come here more often from now on. Right now, I'm feeling refreshed and rejuvenated, and I'm absolutely ready to start my busy day. The following piece is by Kayla Merino and is in the form of a monologue. In it, Kayla recounts her experiences over the last year or so, and in particular, at the onset of the pandemic when she was visiting Bali. She describes both the highs and the lows of her time there, ultimately reflecting on what it means to be a student at this stage in her life. Even though most of us weren't stuck in Bali at the onset of the pandemic, this is likely a story that'll resonate with many of you. COVID-19 has been a time of isolation, Zoom University, remote working, a chance for new hobbies, with maybe a sprinkle of existential crisis in there too. Everyone's experiences during this pandemic have been different. Me, I got stuck abroad in beautiful, sunny, beachy Bali. I met a man three days after arriving, at a hostel party, of course. Two weeks later, we were living together with a foster puppy in the mix. Both of our flights got canceled, Bally was locking down, and we got along well. I promise you, though, it wasn't perfect. I'm Kayla Medinu. Like those of you listening, I've been feeling some type of ways about the pandemic, too. I've been thinking about geographical locations and how that can change someone's experience. I know my life would have looked different had I been in Canada instead of Bali. In Canada, I would have had had my friends who were similar to me. Some of us were jobless, dealing with cancelled events, not sure about our goals, transitioning from in-person to online, well, everything. I would have been living with my roommates, my second family. In Bali, I felt entirely misplaced. Lived with and was surrounded by what I consider successful people. They had their careers, had goals for their life, and I felt lonely. Even though I was never alone, I felt unheard or not understood. The people I met didn't share the same feelings or same problems as me. 
Being home now, I realize how my quarantine experience in each place would have had it affected me differently, in part because of how the way I feel now. Had I been in Canada during quarantine, I would have been surrounded by my friends, coworkers, and family. Many of us were at similar points in life. What are you thinking about doing now? I don't know. No idea what the future holds. Recently finished school or almost there, we were all figuring it out. Simply working part-time jobs, getting through exams, dealing with not being able to go outside. We would be struggling together, managing a new online life and talking about how unexpected everything was. Unlike in Bali, no one was trying to talk about businesses they built or how much money they made or their next investments. We were all pretty laid back in a similar mindset. There was no pressure of trying to impress anyone or seem more important or to show off. You weren't overwhelmed by your friends. They were just supportive. You could have conversations that were goofy, dumb, pointless, dramatic, talk about insecurities, your relationships, family life, and it was fine. It never felt like anyone was judging you. I could go to them with crazy ideas I wanted to try. If none of them ever came to fruition, that was okay. I could speak my mind. It never felt like I was letting anyone down. They gave me the space to change my mind a lot, be creative, and be a lot more stress-free. I would have felt comfortable. I would have felt at home, not behind or ahead. I would have been okay with not knowing what I wanted to do in the future because no one would be challenging me to have an answer. In Bali, I felt disconnected from many of the people around me. Every introduction at some point was, oh, what do you do? And it's not that it's a bad question. All I could say honestly was, I'm a student, which in itself is okay. But over multiple introductions, I began to feel like it wasn't. I wasn't enough. Back in Canada, I worked in dining and as a caregiver, but now there wasn't much else I could say I was doing. The people I met, the people I lived with, were all established in their own way, or at least they said they were. Whether or not they were being 100% honest, I'll never know. Hey, how are you? I met successful e-commerce professionals, dropshippers, business owners, pilots, traders, teachers, designers, dancers, influencers. You get it. A mix of what all seemed to be talented, focused, and intelligent people. They figured out their thing. A passion, an interest, a career. I hadn't. I still haven't. I felt smaller, more intimidated with each conversation. I felt confused, angry, sad, towards myself, towards having gone to school, not taking a gap year, not knowing what my passion was, feeling like I hadn't explored these opportunities everyone was telling me about, feeling like I was behind in life. Oh, hi! Socializing made me nervous, whereas before it once energized me. I didn't feel like I had anything of value to add to conversations. I felt like my life experiences weren't admirable compared to everyone else's. I didn't think I was interesting enough to be heard. Most people were older. They were years ahead of me with life experiences. Of course they had more stories than I. Been to more places, finished school, and tried different careers. But it was still difficult being around them. Back home, my story seemed extravagant to my friends. I come back from trips with stories about nights out drinking, couch surfing, skinny dipping, and they'd always listen. I felt seen. 
if my flight didn't get canceled, I would have been back living with all of my friends. We were a house of seven. Hectic. During full lockdown, I imagined we'd play board games, Kahoot, Xbox, PS4. Probably did a house version of a bar crawl. You know, where each person turns the room into a theme, creates a theme drink, and you all just kind of jump room to room getting lit. I probably would have convinced everyone to do a spa movie night with me, bottomless mimosa mornings, do some baking, house dinners, maybe we'd all clean, maybe not. We were never really good about that in the first place. But as restrictions loosened up, I could see us out, riding our bikes, going for drives, maybe even camping. In Bali, I lived with the man I met. It was hard living together, and that first month was the worst. We were pretty locked down. He'd leave to go to work, and I'd stay home. I was unmotivated to do anything. I had a hard time finishing up school. I didn't have work, and I had no one to talk to. It was a 12-hour time difference if I wanted to call friends back home, and I didn't have the chance to make any friends there just yet. We had a foster puppy. I thought it would help with my loneliness, but in reality, it added to our stress. The puppy chewed up everything, nibbled at our feet, and never let us sleep. I seemed to pick a fight every few days. Maybe I didn't have enough to do. Maybe it's because I felt isolated. Maybe it's because I felt less than. He couldn't understand or relate to me as well as my friends back home could. We got along, we had fun, but we were at very different points in our lives. He had finished school, had done his backpacking trip, found success in the work he did. He was a digital nomad and connected really well with everyone we met. He could talk business and e-commerce and trading and people liked that. Bali was filled with these expats. I was still in school. Didn't know what I was doing with my life and had a hard time finding a job. I met an accountant who offered me work. I ended up quitting because I wasn't getting paid. I found another job as an editor, which worked out much better. But still, the work I did didn't feel like it was enough to connect with other people. He tried to pique my interest, push me to learn new skills, get school done, make plans. But I wasn't an entrepreneur. I didn't know what my goals were. I just felt overwhelmed. I'd have new ideas pop into my head all the time and tell him about it. I followed through with zero. Zero of them. Why couldn't I just pick one and focus on it? I lost interest quickly and would feel incredibly stupid for having any idea in the first place. This type of mindset continued to snowball. I took everything personally. If I made a mistake or said something hurtful, it would take longer for me to forgive myself than it would for the person to forgive me. I was consumed by self-doubt. Even though I had someone I could talk to about all this, I couldn't talk to him because he wouldn't emotionally understand. When lockdown eased up, we went out a lot together. We surfed, did a trip around the island, went out for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert. Went out to parties and clubs. We had amazing times. But it's unrealistic for one person to be it all. We spent too much time together. Even our friend group was shared. You need other people who fulfill different needs. I didn't have a solid group of people I could confide in who I could build deep relationships with. I didn't feel like I belonged even among those I considered friends. I wasn't entirely alone, but I felt incredibly lonely. I was surrounded by successful people that I couldn't relate to. 
Not much earlier in my life, I was surrounded by students, where I was comfortable with not knowing what I was doing with my life because no one else knew either. I felt like they understood me because they were in a similar position. I'm now home in Canada, and this part of the pandemic has been, in a way, easier. I'm not constantly bombarded by other people's ideas and successful lives. I do a lot less comparing. I'm focused on getting through school, which is enough. I can do socially distant activities with my loved ones and friends. I can talk to them, and we have common interests or experiences. I don't rely on mainly one person anymore. I feel much less alone. I've released the pressure I put on myself to figure out what I'm doing with my life. I'm focused on doing what I like and not getting caught up in what everyone else is doing. Depending on where you were during the pandemic, there are so many ways it could have affected you. You can still feel isolated even when you feel like you shouldn't. I was in entirely different parts of the world and in some ways it was cool, but in other ways it was hard. Where were you when this all began? Do you think it would have been different if you were somewhere else? Send me a message and let's talk about it. Stay well, Kayla. Thanks very much for tuning in to this episode of The Place of Sound. I hope you've enjoyed some of the stories you heard, and I can promise that there's so much more just like this in future episodes. To hear them, tune in to CKCU Radio every other Monday at 6.30 p.m., browse the archive on ckcufm.com, or visit the website at theplaceofsound.ca. We'll see you next time.